0: Good morning, folks. It's Mr. Christian here coming to you from my recording studio, which is my dining room table. Um, I hope everybody out there is doing well um, and all your families are doing well. Um, I know this is stressful times and, you know, it's it's we're trying to adjust to this new normal. Um, but... I'm hoping that with these podcasts, you know, they can accomplish a couple things for us. Um, The first one uh, is mainly I'm I'm hoping that, you know, you can just throw these on. You could sit back and relax um, and hopefully be a little entertained. Uh, You know, I'm going to throw out my classic jokes there, um, which some of you like and some of you are rolling your eyes right now, Um, but that's cool. but also what I'm hoping for with these podcasts is, um, you know, we can, we can kind of sit together, uh, and I can kind of give you guys some elaborations on some of the notes I'll be posting here. Um, so it's, it's going to be an adjustment for a little bit here. Um, but you know, I'm hoping that after a couple weeks here, um, we adjust to this as well. Um, you know, we'll have a good time. Um, and One of the things that we gotta take care of here in our first couple weeks is wrapping up that awesome unit which we know as reproduction. So before we left, we were right in the middle of it. Um, We had just finished talking about mitosis and asexual reproduction. And the game plan was for us when we came back from break to talk about meiosis uh, and then go into some details around genetics. you know, the way things are right now, you know, we can't really go into as great a detail as I probably would have liked us to do. Um, so today really what the game plan is, is I'm just going to try to fill in some blanks here, uh, for you around meiosis, um, and then get you guys to do a assignment for me, uh, around, uh, inheriting genetic traits. Um, so this will be, what i'm hoping to be uh one of the last few things we'll do for reproduction because i really want to get us to space Uh, i know a lot of you are interested in uh you know researching and reading about the universe uh and that is one of my favorite units as well it's super interesting um and you know it's not going to be you know kind of like how our last units were where you know i'd have to provide a lot of information for you um you know the so it'll be a little different once we get there, but first we got to get through this stuff. Um, so that being said, um, get a glass of juice, uh, tea or coffee if you're a coffee drinker. Um, those of you drinking pop, that's you know maybe a little too early, but hey, no judgment, no judgment. Uh, all that matters here is just sit back, relax. We're gonna talk about a little bit about meiosis first and then we'll talk about genetics. All right, folks. So the first thing I want you to do here, um, since you're already on Classroom, because that's how you got this podcast, uh, is go to the uh, PowerPoint that I've put up there. um, And once you open that, you'll notice that the title of the topic here is meiosis and genetics, okay? Um, those of you that maybe scrolled ahead uh, and tried to see how long this is, you'll notice that it is it is 53 slides. Uh, do not worry. I am not going to be sitting here talking at you for two hours. Um, all I'm going to be doing here is just going over very quickly the, the gist of meiosis so that We understand uh, why it's important and how it actually helps us create that thing called variation because remember in sexual reproduction we are looking for variation whereas when we talked about asexual reproduction we have organisms or cells that are trying to create exact copies of themselves through their offspring so sexual reproduction we want difference because We know when we talked about the advantages and disadvantages of sexual reproduction, one of the advantages was that difference can make organisms stronger or more resistant to certain diseases. So um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to get you to follow along with me. We're just going to have some quick conversations around what's happening uh, with meiosis. But before we go down that road... If you go to the next slide, you'll notice that I have a couple recap questions. And if we were in class right now, uh, I'd be getting you to answer these on loose leaf for me. But I'm not going to get us to do that today. Uh, I just want to quickly go through this because, like I said, our end game here is to just wrap up this unit and get on to space. So those two recap questions there. The first one's asking, what is the difference between a haploid and a diploid cell? So if you want to take a moment here and pause the podcast to take a look at your notes and just kind of review for yourself what a haploid and diploid is, uh, please do so now. You can go ahead and pause me. Um, Although I imagine most of you are probably not going to want to do that. So I will just quickly tell you um, what a haploid and a diploid is. So pause and review, or you can just keep listening. Okay, so remember a haploid cell, we have that HA there, and that HA, remember was HA for half. So when we have a cell that is a haploid, remember it contains half of our genetic information. And remember that the entirety of us is made of 46 chromosomes. We get 23 from mom and 23 from dad. Our haploid cells, they have our 23 chromosomes. So remember haploids are typically these cells called gametes. And remember our gametes are our sexual reproduction cells. So sperm and males, eggs and females. Okay. Now diploid cells, diploid cells die for double, double of 23. So if you add 23 together twice, you get 46 and those are the chromosomes total that we have in our body. So a diploid cell contains the genetic information of all 46 of our chromosomes. Um, so with meiosis, we want to go from a diploid cell down to a haploid cell. Um, so we're going to talk about that very soon here. Um, but the second question before we move on is asking what are homologous chromosomes? Um, So if you wanted to take a sec and take a look back in your notes to see what that is, go ahead. But for those of you that just want to keep listening and relaxing, let me tell you what a homologous chromosome is, just so you remember. Um, So a homologous chromosome, remember, is the pairs that each of the chromosomes that we receive from mom and our dad match up in. So if you want to skip ahead to slide number four, you'll see that picture there, which is called a karyotype. So this is actually matching out uh, and mapping out uh, all of the pairings of the chromosomes that we inherit from our parents. So you notice in space number one, we have the one chromosome, chromosome number one, we get from mom that matches up with chromosome number one that we get from dad. And we go all the way down uh, in 23 matching pairs, uh, including our sex chromosomes. Um, The slide before that, uh, I didn't mean to skip ahead over that, sorry. These these podcasts won't be perfect by any means, my apologies. Um, but that is just giving you that information around haploid and diploid cells that I already talked about. So you can take a look at that uh, and read that in more detail um, for yourselves, okay? Um, so uh, if we go past the slide number five here, uh, you'll notice that the title is a meiosis in a nutshell. Um, and just remember, I said this in the intro Uh, I'm not going to go into crazy detail here, okay? That's not fair, uh, and this is not going to be the same way that we would approach things in the classroom. So all I'm going to try to do here is fill in some blanks for you very quickly around why meiosis is important and how it helps get diploid cells down to haploid cells. So here we go. All right, folks, so we should be on slide number six now, and the title of that slide is meiosis. And all this slide here is trying to show you is that there are really three goals that meiosis is trying to accomplish. So let's look at the first one there. So the first one says that meiosis is trying to create multiple gamete cells. So remember, a gamete cell is a sperm in males. Uh, or an egg in females. So that's its goal. We're trying to create multiple sexual reproductive cells. Okay. Uh, The second goal is that we are trying to get each gamete to become a haploid cell. So we want to pass on half of our genetic information in our gamete cells. So that's goal number two. Now the third one is where variation comes into play. So meiosis actually helps create difference Uh, in the combination of the chromosomes that we are uh, trying to pass on. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that uh, in a few moments here, Um, but this uh, variation that meiosis is trying to accomplish uh, is the reason why if you have siblings, uh, you aren't identical to them. So uh, there's this thing happening called crossover that actually kind of changes up Uh, some of the genetics that are being passed on. So we're going to talk about that very soon. Okay, now if we move on to the next slide, you'll notice here that it says that meiosis occurs two times. Um, So, uh, and the steps are very similar to mitosis. So if we keep moving here, you'll notice that I have a picture there showing you what meiosis one looks like. And I really want you to notice here the phase names. Notice how they are exactly identical to the phase names uh, of mitosis. So we have interphase again, which is part of the cell cycle overall. And then we have prophase, metaphase, anaphase, and telophase with of course cytokinesis happening right at the end to split those cells into two. If you go to the next slide, you'll notice that we have meiosis two, So it's the second round of meiosis and this second round is really important because that is the round that is actually getting our cells to become haploid cells so we'll talk about that more in detail in a second but also notice the names prophase 2 metaphase 2 anaphase 2 and telophase 2 so the names are exactly the same and you folks have already put in the work in trying to understand what happens during those phases so that's why meiosis here is going to be very quick for us because we've already put in the hard work all right so, if you move on to the next slide, you'll notice that I have a graphic there, um, and it has a bunch of circles. And you'll notice that the first one says four n equals ninety-two, two n equals forty-six. We got two of those, two diploid cells, and then we have four haploid cells at the end that has n equals twenty-three. So this graphic here is just really showing you um, basically the number of chromosomes that we are starting off with, and basically the process of how to get us down to haploid cells. So let me just quickly explain this for you first, okay? Um, so N and 2N and 4N, the, these are symbols that we use to try to understand um, the number of chromosomes that we have in our cells. So that first one that says 4N equals 92, what that is is that we have a diploid cell Uh, because all of our gametes start out as diploids, because diploids contain all of our genetic information. So we have a diploid cell that has 46 chromosomes. Remember, in interphase, right at the end, before it enters either mitosis or now meiosis that we're talking about, it wants to duplicate its DNA. So if you take 46 and you multiply it by 2, you end up with 92 Chromosomes overall. So, in interphase, before a diploid cell enters meiosis, it still wants to duplicate its DNA, but we have 92 chromosomes here because of the duplication. All right. So, the next part here where you see 2n equals 46, and you see two cells that say that, um, that is what happens at the end of meiosis one. So, we had one. Uh, diploid cell that was duplicating its DNA going through meiosis one and at the end there at the end of telophase one we end up with two diploid cells that each contain 46 chromosomes. So we went through all that work just to end up with two more diploid cells. Now you're probably wondering well why? Well Those two diploid cells that were created in meiosis 1, they're going to go through meiosis 2. And they don't have to copy their DNA uh, in order to go through meiosis 2. Because remember, we're trying to split the genetic information we pass on in half. So those two diploid cells that we got at the end of meiosis 1, they are going to go through meiosis 2 all the way through to telophase 2, and eventually they will split into four haploid cells, which are our gametes. So regardless of male or female, you do end up with four gamete cells that are haploids with 23 chromosomes in each of those four, okay? Um, There is a slight difference between male and females here that we'll talk about in a moment, um, but that is overall the nutshell of what's happening in meiosis. So if we want to go to the next slide, you'll notice that I talk here about what's happening in interphase. Um, So I'm not going to spend way too much time talking about these in details because remember, we are at home. We're not in the classroom, and my expectations for what you folks need to remember from this are um, different now. Okay, so really, this is all just to fill in the blanks, so you have an understanding of why meiosis is important in terms of genetics. Okay, so interphase, yeah, we got our we got our DNA duplicated. All right, that's the only thing I want you to remember here. Um, then, if we move on to prophase one, you'll notice that. We have our homologous pairs uh, that are pairing up inside of the cell. So you'll kind of see that there is a red, yellow, green, and blue uh, set of chromosomes there. So those are our homologous pairs. Okay. So think about it this way. Um, you have uh, two, two sets of chromosomes that are joining together all right? Uh, these two sets are called tetrads. Now, I don't want to overwhelm you with all this terminology, but I just want you to know that they're a thing, okay? So just know that our homologous chromosomes, they form up into pairs, uh, and they are kind of sticking together for the first little bit here of meiosis I. Um, and then we got our spindle fibers uh, coming out of our centrioles, just like we've talked about normally. They're going to eventually try to move the opposite sides of the cell, uh, in metaphase one. Um, but before we get to metaphase one, we do have to talk about this really important thing that is uh, that we have to consider. And if you go to the next slide, you'll notice that it's talking about this thing called crossover. Okay, So crossover here is the thing that happens in meiosis and it happens during prophase one where we have that variation created. So notice in the first picture here, um, or in the first uh, part of the diagram to the left, we have our tetrad. We have that green-looking chromosome pair, and we have that yellow-looking one, all right? So what happens is these homologous pairs are going to stay together up until my, my uh, sorry, metaphase one. Um, but before they get to metaphase one, they cross over. So notice how um, the, the legs in the middle picture there are it crossing over. Um, So what happens is they kind of wind up together and um, what happens is they actually pass on uh, a certain segment of their genetic information to the other pair. Um, So if you notice in the right side of that diagram, we have the green X now uh, that actually has little portions of that yellow one that was to the right of it. And the same thing can be said for the yellow X on the right. It now has portions of green that it got from the other pair on the left. So crossover is essentially just trying to create variation by taking on some of the genetic information from its other homologous pair. Okay, Um, so we're going to move on here. Uh, Metaphase one, we got our homologous pairs now moving to the middle of the cell. All right. And eventually what's going to happen is they're going to these pairs are going to split and they're going to move to opposite sides of the cell. But then this other thing happens to create even more variation. And this is this thing called random assortment. So if you go to the next slide, you'll notice that uh, there is a bunch of different Um, potential arrangements here for our chromosomes to go so when they eventually split up you know you'll see that we have uh, a blue X and a pink X these are just showing you all the possibilities that uh, our chromosomes could eventually uh, go to so I don't want to overwhelm you here just know that random assortment is just another way that we can focus uh, or achieve variation Um, And then anaphase happens, so our homologous pairs are split apart. We have just one X uh, going to each side of the cell of those pairings. And then we have telophase happen, um, so our cell is eventually going to split. Uh, Those chromosomes are starting to um, have a nuclear membrane reform around them, but it's not going to happen for long. Um, because once we get into meiosis 2, they are going to start to go through the splitting up process again. Okay, and then if we move to the next slide, cytokinesis happens, our cell splits, and at the end of meiosis 1, we end up with uh, two diploid cells. One thing I will just quickly point out to you is notice up at the top, you'll notice that it says 2N equals 46, if you wanted to backtrack to the other slides, you can see uh, where our chromosome count is as we go through each phase, okay? So that's meiosis one. Um, that's just very me very quickly going through it. Uh, hopefully that made a good bit of sense here. Uh, and now we are gonna talk about meiosis two very quickly. All right, folks, so we're quickly going to move into meiosis 2 here and just wrap up our talks around meiosis before we start to talk about genetics specifically. So we should be on slide 20 here, and you'll notice at the top there it says there is no interphase 2. Now remember, at the end of meiosis 1, we ended up with two diploid cells, which have 46 chromosomes in them. If those two cells were to duplicate their DNA before going into meiosis 2, at the end of meiosis 2, we would then end up with four more diploid cells, which is not what we want. By the end of meiosis 2, we want four haploid cells. So four gametes, sperm or egg, that can pass on 23 chromosomes half of our genetic information now with females it is a little different which we'll get to here in a second Um, but just know that we do not want interphase 2 in meiosis 2 we want haploids at the end of this no need to copy the DNA again okay so let's move on to prophase 2 and you'll notice here that I say the exact same process that occurs during mitosis so you guys have already put in the hard work for that the same thing that's happening in prophase during mitosis is happening in prophase two here for meiosis two. So, centrioles moving to opposite poles, spindle fibers starting to come out of them, uh, the membrane, nuclear membrane's gone. If we go to metaphase two, our chromosomes are lining up in the middle of the cell, our spindle fibers are attaching to them, um, and if we move to anaphase 2 you'll notice there that our chromosomes are split apart. The, that central mirror is gone because of the split, and our chromosomes, which are now chromatids, are going to move now to opposite sides of the cell. Then in telophase two, same things happening that happens normally in telophase. Uh, we have our spindle fibers dissolving. Our nuclear membrane wants to come back around those chromatids now. Those chromatids are going to untangle and they're going to turn back into chromatin. But at the end here, Uh, each one of these four cells are now haploids. So they all have 23 chromosomes, half of our genetic information. If you move on to cytokinesis 2, same thing happening that it would normally in cytokinesis that is the thing that is going to end up splitting our cells into, finally, four haploid cells. And one thing I do want you to notice before we move on um, is if you take a look at those chromosomes that are now inside of that nuclear membrane, you'll notice the color changes in them. Um, So in the first one there, we have a pure red chromatid and we have a pure green chromatid. Um, The one below that, we have a mixture of blue and green and then a mixture of red and yellow that was because of crossover. Crossover was the thing that gave us variation through sexual reproduction. Um, Then the third one has another blue and green and yellow and red, and then the one at the bottom there has just a pure yellow and pure blue. So each one of these four haploids that were created at the end of meiosis two have variation. So that being said, that is it for meiosis. if I were gonna to try to get you to remember anything from this, uh, because remember my expectations are a little different now that we're just at home, the only thing that I would really want you to remember is just that crossover piece um, and how important that is to creating genetic differences in those four haploid cells, and that is the very reason why, as I said at the intro, uh, that your siblings are not identical to you. Crossover occurred in your parents' gamete cells and. That is why you are slightly different from your siblings, if you have siblings. Um, so, if you move on to the next slide, there, which is slide twenty-seven, you'll notice that I have a meiosis animation for you. Please click on that. Check out that in uh, that animation, just so you can see uh, the process happening for you, uh, so you can visualize it a little better. Um, and then, once you finish that. If you just go to that last slide there, um, you'll notice that I have at the top it says differences in males and females. So there is some slight differences uh, that happen at the end of meiosis 2 uh, between male and females. For males, uh, at the end of meiosis two, you end up with four fully functioning sperm cells. Whereas in females, what happens at the end of meiosis two, is we actually have three eggs that are called polar bodies. Um, These three eggs actually kind of sacrifice themselves in order to make one egg bigger um, because the egg actually needs to be bigger in order for it to be fertilized. Um, So those three polar bodies actually sacrifice themselves uh, so that uh, only one egg can be created that is actually able to... Be fertilized. Um, so men, you have four sperm cells, uh, that are fully functional, but for women, we only end up with one egg cell. Um, so that's it for what I wanted to talk about with meiosis with you. Um, The last couple minutes here of this podcast, I just want to dedicate towards talking about DNA very quickly uh, and then hooking you up with some information for that assignment you're going to do for me uh, over the next three weeks. All right, folks, so we're just going to quickly talk about genetics here. Uh, I'm trying to be a little conscious of time here. I don't want to have this really go over half an hour, but uh, it may just a little bit because we still got to talk about your assignment. Um, So I am going to breeze over a lot of this stuff here for you, uh, but we should be on slide number 29 there. um, And notice that I have two video links there up at the top. So please pause. uh, Go take a look at those because they are very interesting. And one of them I use to kind of explain a few key terms a little later on, but I'm not going to focus on them um, because I don't want to overwhelm you. And I just want to get through this, and I'm sure you do too. So uh, slide number 30, that's just me um, showing you what DNA uh, means and what it actually stands for is deoxyribonucleic acid. And I break that down for you and I tell you what each part means. Um, But we're not going to worry about that too, too much. The next slide there, slide 31, you'll notice that I have four letters, A, T, G, and C. These are called nucleotides. Um, And these nucleotides are the things that make up that classic double helix that some of you know about. Um, So the double helix is the strands that our DNA forms. And those four letters actually are kind of like a coding that creates that variation in our genetics. Um, So each letter has a pairing. So you'll notice there, if you look at the picture um, of the double helix, we have an A pairing with a T on the opposite side. uh, And then if we skip down a bit, you'll notice that we have a C pairing with a G. So these pair and those pairings is actually what uh, creates the double helix and attaches them. Um, So... I would have talked about more of this in class if we were together, uh, but uh, I'm not going to right now. I'm just going to make this available for you to read if you're interested in it. Um, But we're just going to keep moving on here so that we can start to wrap this up and talk about your assignment. So I am going to skip over talking about genes, chromosomes, genome, and DNA sequencing. Um, And I'm even going to skip over slide 36, but do take a look at that because it is pretty neat. It's just showing you how closely related we are to certain other organisms in terms of our genetics. So yeah, we do share 50% of our genes with a banana. Go figure, right? Um, But we're going to actually skip over to slide 38. Um, And in that slide there, we're just talking about traits now. And we already kind of have talked about traits in class. Remember, we did that... Uh, activity where I walked around and I looked at your ears and your thumbs for detached or attached earlobes, hitchhiker thumb, can you roll your tongue, all that good stuff. So we're actually going to talk about very quickly how those traits are passed on to you. Um, And uh, what you'll notice there is we got two words over on the left-hand side. We have genotype and phenotype. Um, So genotype Um, I define these over in the next slide for you which I'll leave there so that you can refer to that later on But I'll just explain it to you here. So genotype um, Is the coding of the traits that we receive? Um, And the way that we show that coding is through letters. Okay, so uppercase letters uh, Like what you see with those two uppercase E pairings, those show us dominant traits Um, and lowercase letters show us recessive traits and it doesn't really matter uh, what letter you use here. In this example, we're using E, uh, but in your assignment that we're gonna talk about in a sec, I use the letter H. So it doesn't matter. But just know that uppercase letters mean dominant traits, and lowercase letters mean recessive traits. And the way that those traits pair up determines the phenotype. And a phenotype is the trait that we can actually see with our eyes. So. Detached earlobes is actually a dominant trait, and we found that out during our activity. So if you have detached earlobes, you have two pairings, potentially. You could have two dominant pairings together. Uh, Those pairings are called alleles. So you have two dominant alleles paired together uh, to create a homozygous dominant, Uh, or you could have a uppercase dominant allele paired with a lowercase recessive allele. And because you're paired with a dominant trait, the dominant trait always beats the recessive. So you may carry that recessive trait, which you could pass on to your kids later on, um, but because you have the dominant trait paired with it, the dominant trait is going to win. So we'd be able to see the detached earlobe. But if you get two recessive pairings of alleles together, two lowercase e's, then you will end up with the attached earlobe. So if both recessive traits get passed on, you'll end up seeing the recessive trait. So on that next slide, like I said, that just defines phenotype and genotype for you. Um, It also uh, defines alleles for you. So alleles are the letters that we're talking about and how they pair up, uppercase or lowercase pairing together. Okay, um, then I define dominant trait and recessive trait for you in slide 40. Um, so just remember that a dominant trait is going to be our uppercase letter and our recessive trait is going to be our lowercase letter. So in order for the dominant trait to be shown, we need uh, either two dominant pairings being upper two uppercase letters together uh, or we need uh, an uppercase letter pairing with a lowercase letter. And because we have the dominant that's the trait that wins. In order for a recessive trait to be shown, we need both recessive traits to be paired together. So if you notice here in the bottom of my example, I have dad plus mom equals child with brown eyes. Um, well, yeah, mom has blue eyes, uh, but dad has the brown eyes. So dad has the dominant traits. So when those dominant traits uh, are passed on uh, in an attempt to create you, because dad has the dominant traits, it's pretty highly likely that you are going to end up with those brown eyes. But it doesn't mean that you can't pass on the blue eyes that your mom had to your children later on. So genetics is pretty complicated, and it is pretty interesting. So if you move on to the next slide there, you'll notice that I define homozygous and heterozygous formula. That's okay, just focus on the letters, okay? Uh, And then we do have Um, some traits, and you'll notice that the pictures look fairly familiar. Those are the pictures that I used for our activity. And you'll also notice that I do show you which chromosome pairing is responsible for that trait being shown. Um, So we're going to quickly skip that all the way over to slide number 52. And I'm even just going to skip over that for you Because I know we're running up the time here, but that slide there just kind of gives you some information around uh, how twins are created, uh, either identical or fraternal. So I'm going to leave that to read for you. Um, but if you do have questions about it, you can ask me, uh, during our contact time, or you can email me at any time and I'll let you know about it. But for now, I want to wrap up this podcast and I want to quickly talk about the assignment that you're going to do for me over the next couple of weeks here, which is called the bunny babies assignment. All right, folks, we are almost done. We're just going to talk about this bunny babies assignment here that you folks are going to be doing for me for the next couple weeks. Um, so if you haven't already done so, please open up the assignment that I have attached for you on Google Classroom, uh, and it is called Bunny Babies. Um, and let's just take a look at the description there for you that I have for the task. So let me read that out loud for you very quickly. So in this activity... You will use a coin to represent the egg and sperm. The parents are heterozygous for each of the possible traits for our bunny baby. So what that means is that both of our parent bunnies are going to have a capital H allele and a lowercase allele pairing. So they are heterozygous. Okay. You will flip the coin to determine which trait your bunny baby will inherit you will then draw a model of your bunny baby. So let's go through the procedure very quickly so that you understand what you need to do. So step one is to decide which side of your coin is going to represent the dominant and recessive allele. So my tip to you would be if you got a coin, uh, I would make the heads the dominant uh, allele and I would make tails the recessive allele, okay? So number two, you will need to flip your coin twice. The first time will represent the trait that you get from the dad bunny, and it's either going to be the uppercase H or the lowercase H. And then the second time, you'll flip it, and you'll figure out what mom is going to pass on, and that'll either be an uppercase H or a lowercase H, okay? So step number three, once you flip that coin twice, what you're going to do is you're going to scroll down to the trait sheet. Um, If you guys don't have printers and you can't print this off, you can do it on loose leaf, or you can do it on the document and download it as a Word doc. It doesn't matter to me, okay? Um, But what you're gonna do on the trait sheet is for each of the traits, so the first one says head shape, you're gonna flip the coin twice. Let's say that you end up with uh, an uppercase H for mom and an uppercase H for dad. Okay, So you'd write that in the female and male box there, and then in order to figure out what your visual trait or phenotype is, you're going to use that box that I have for you uh, at the bottom of the first sheet, and you're going to figure out which trait is going to be visible. So we just said in our example that uh, you flip the coin twice. You got an uppercase H for mom, and you got an uppercase H passed on for dad. So that's two uppercase H's. So it's gonna be a dominant trait. So if you look at that table there, there's gonna be uh, three columns. We have the first one, which is two uppercase H's, the middle one is the uppercase and lowercase H, and then the one at the very right is the two lowercase H's. So how you flip the coins for each trait for head shape, ear color, uh, your shape your size all that you're going to look at these three columns to figure out what the trade is so because We flipped the coin twice and got two uppercase H's I'm going to look over a head shape and I'm going to look at the two uppercase H column And I'm going to see that my head shape for this bunny and the trait that it gets is going to be a pointed end of an egg down so after you go through and you find out what the traits are for each part of your bunny, you're going to then draw your bunny and try to draw it as best you can based off the traits description in the box below. okay? So, uh, to draw your bunny, you're you're probably gonna have to do it on loose leaf. Um, and what I would like you to do is take a picture of your drawing for me and please submit that to me as a part of this assignment when you go to pass it in either on Classroom uh, or sharing it to my GNS Pez, okay? So you can complete the assignment and the questions, which we'll talk about in a sec, in a Word doc, um, and then share it with me, or sorry, Google doc, whatever. Word doc, Google doc, whatever you have available to you. Um, so you can do the questions and the table in a Google doc, uh, but then for your bunny, please draw it and color it Uh, on a sheet of loose leaf for me, take a picture and share that when you go to pass in your document as well. Okay. So that is the procedure flipping coins, heads, uppercase dominant H tails, lowercase recessive H flip it twice. Once for mom, once for dad, what they pass on, you mark in the table for each trait that you see in that table there. And then You're gonna tell me what the phenotype or visual trait is in that table and then draw your bunny. Okay? You are gonna have to make two bunnies. Okay? So, what you need to do is create your two bunnies and draw your two bunnies before you answer the questions um, that I have for you on page number three. Okay? So, I'll say that again. Please do your trait tables, flip your coins draw your bunnies before you answer the questions because the questions uh, are asking you to look at your drawings. okay? So after you've drawn your bunnies, you have five questions there. Um, I want you to answer those five questions for me. They're basically just um, they're basically just analytical questions. so getting you to think about the, the things that we've talked about uh, and the bunnies that you've made. Okay, just looking at them. So answer those to the best of your ability. Uh, And then question number five is asking you to sketch the mother or father. So remember, the mother and father are heterozygous. So they have that uppercase H and lowercase H. So all you need to do to draw your mom or dad in that box is just to go back up and look at the traits that the uppercase H and the lowercase H would have. Okay, so take a look at that. Draw mom or dad. Um, And then after you've done that, you'll be done the assignment and you'll be able to pass it in for me. Uh, Hopefully, you guys have fun with this one. Uh, I know it's going to take you a little bit of time. So that's why you have uh, this week, next week, and the following week. So this won't be due uh, until around April 24th. Okay, so you have lots and lots of time. Man, oh man, what a jam-packed first podcast we just had there! Um, I don't want you guys to think that this is going to be the norm. Um, you know, I, I intend for these podcasts to be fun. Uh, I want to be entertaining for you folks. Uh, I will ask some questions of you guys, and I'll give you guys some shout-outs on the air in future weeks. Um, but this first podcast here, we we needed to take care of some business and. And we needed to get get through reproduction i know a lot of you're probably not having the best time with this unit it is quite complicated and i warned you guys at the beginning that it was going to be the hardest one um so uh, i know this is long just kind of quickly glazing over some things here to just to get it out of the way so i hope that you guys can understand that um and i definitely don't want this to cause more stress for you all right this is difficult times that we're going through here um, I don't even want you to think about tests or exams or anything like that I don't think there is exams um, so uh, just I, I, I can't stress that enough I don't want you to stress okay um, remember you can pause and go back to any part of this podcast um, you know whenever you want as many times as you want all right um, and also remember that uh, i will be looking at my emails uh, during regular school hours so 9:10 all the way to 3:20. 20. Uh, we'll have some lunch at 12:10 to 1 10, come back uh, and also remember i'll be available an hour every day for you to directly get in contact with me so we'll use google chat or google meet whatever it's called um, emails uh, and i can even give you folks a call at home if you want to talk directly and not have to talk through Uh, messaging I don't want you to feel awkward about that Um, you know it's it we gotta we just gotta try to make the best of this and try to get through this and as long as we stick together and work together here um, we will get through this all right Um, so that being said I want to wrap this up I hope everybody continues to be doing well Uh, please remember to wash your hands Um, try not to touch your face too much Uh, I know that's an issue for me Um, you guys don't know this but i'm growing a goatee right now it's very itchy um but uh i'll hopefully have a picture out there for you soon if you can't picture that um and i'm sure many of you can probably grow a better goatee than i can right now anyway because you got the beard growing genes and i don't um so anyway that being said have a good couple weeks here folks please remember to get in touch with me uh because i'm here for you I'm missing you guys. I want to support you as best I can. So take care. Have a good couple weeks. We'll talk to you later. I'm out.